0: My name is Ron Lovesny, I was born February 28th, 1961, uh, my, my parents, Ron Sandra Loebson. My dad passed away last year. Um, when I grew up, I had a desire to become a. And when I, when I was a teenager, I had a desire to to milk cows. I was raised on a dairy. Mm-hmm. By the time I was 21 years old, when I got saved, I already had. Five cows milking in the barn already. I had several calves. And now you, you own yeah. the, all these cows? Yeah, I own them myself. Okay, nice. And so, when I got saved, when Brother Clemenson led me to Christ, October twenty third, nineteen eighty two. I know that's before you were born, uh, huh? Way before, brother. Two times before. But anyway. And so, I started going to church. And, uh, well, let me back up a little. My, my family was a, a fun-loving family, let's put it that way. We would play, and my, there was a time to work, and there was a time to play. Yeah. Now, my brother, my brothers didn't like milk of cows. I, I, would do, I would do the milk and I'd tell my brother, I'd say, I got done, now you gotta you got go clean up. And, which wasn't hard. I did all the work. I had a brother who would rather have been out in the field and doing, driving tractor and stuff like that. Me and my other brother, we did all of the other stuff. And uh, we hauled hay, and all of us did. My cousin joined us. He wasn't exempt from it either. But, uh, yeah, I'm just turn. And so when I got saved, I started going to church. Like I told you, ma'am, ma'am would come out and visit us with brother Clemenson. And she would. She would tell me. She'd say, "We're gonna find a fine Christian girl for you." She'd do that all the time. <laughs> and so one morning, she yanks this girl out of the nursery. She says, "She says, and she says, I got a gen, I got a, I got a Christian gentleman. I want you to meet." I don't remember what the sermon was that morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we hardly said, my parents said, "I," which I didn't say, I I didn't say very many words. Mm-hmm. But when I walked out to church that morning, I said, That's a girl I'm going to marry because God told me. Predestined. I like that. And God said, Son, that's the one you're going to marry. I like that.
1: Wish God would speak to me like that. Um, but keep going,
0: keep going. It's and so, she lived with a family that. She was an AC supervisor, which she still is today. And so she started in 1980. Mm-hmm. Still, way before I was born. I graduated in 1980. But uh, so anyway, you take my class members; they're all they're all making money. Mm-hmm. They are all wealthy. I had, tw- I had 20 out of 160 got straight A's all the way through high school. Wow. Which isn't too bad. hmm That's not counting those that did- didn't make the seal bearers. There was probably about 40 of those. They missed it by just a key one point. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was on the lower rung of that. I graduated with a
1: 1.8,
0: but I can still I work a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Graduated top 80 percent,
0: huh? No, I graduated. I graduated with the top with the bottom, <laughs> the bottom one percent. I know you think that's funny, huh?
1: Yeah. Hilarious. And, and so, <laughs>
0: They all. I mean, I'll. I'll show you my yearbooks. Okay. They're they're hilarious. I mean, some of the stuff they put in there. Yeah. Making fun of you or something. Oh yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they would.
1: Well, what's, but, what, what's one thing they would say?
0: Oh, they would. They would say, call, tell me I'm. I'm a farm boy and stuff like that, <laughs> and I didn't really care. The ultimate insult, right there. Oh, it didn't matter. No, it was an insult. They already <laughs> knew who I was. They knew I had, my teachers all knew who I were anyway. My, my next door neighbor, he was one of my teachers. Mm-hmm. So he already knew who I was and he knew when I missed school and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, I grew up in the. I mean, I went to school in the seventies. I mean, we all had fun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when I got saved, I gave that stuff up. Amen. I stopped drinking, I stopped the party, and I stopped all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back after I got saved, God started dealing with me by going to Bible college. Mm-hmm. My parents used to get mad at me because I'd sit down and read my Bible every morning after I'd get done milking. Wow. And so after I get done milking, I'd go ahead and read my Bible, made breakfast, and then I'd go ahead and and, and go to work. Mm-hmm. And but and so later on, as I started growing, now I wrote a letter. We wrote letters all the time, and that's not me.
1: Who you and your yeah then yeah, we were, now we, wife yeah okay and
0: so. So later on, we'd go for walks up to, down to, to the cemetery and we'd just go after, after church on Sunday. And, mm-hmm. and I'd go, um, after she start she started living with a lady who couldn't take care of herself. Mm-hmm. And so she was just there to make sure that during the night that everything was all right. Mm-hmm. She was in her nineties. Her name was Stella Holmes. And, uh, and so later on in August on her birthday, I asked her, I said, I want to take you out on your birthday. And I was writing as I was writing. God gave me a little verse to give to her every time. Mm -hmm. And. I'd write her little poetry, things about poetry and stuff like that. And I said, you know, one of these times when you hear about diamonds and stuff like that. Um, So on June 19th, or August 19th, 1983, I
1: proposed to
0: her. Dang. In a Chinese restaurant.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say in Chinese. Like you oh, said. no, no, no. I wish, my I, boy, yeah, I, is. W- I wish I could speak Chinese. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I really wish I could speak sp- Spanish. Why? B- well, I work with a bunch of Mexican women. Okay, okay. And they, come on, women, they gossip about you no matter what. <laughs> and so, I proposed to her. Uh-huh. And she, I, I, re- I wrote it out. Mm-hmm. Like, did you have it memorized or
1: something? Or I had
0: part of it memorized. I, like I read it to her, though. Okay. But I told her, I said, you know, I said, you're like a diamond. Mm. I mean, and I started, I just thought about what a diamond was. Mm-hmm. And she said, she wrote all over it, yes.
1: <laughs> Wait, can you tell me, like, can you try to remember the poem?
0: She still has it somewhere. Shine bright like a
1: diamond? Was that part of it or no?
0: I, I don't remember. Okay, it's, okay. Been, it's been a long time Man, ago. i
1: I really love to see that. If, but you know. I
0: mean, oh, yeah. You know, the thing about it is this. And then she said yes. Mm-hmm. She wrote yes all over. And then we went and had ice cream.
1: Yeah, I like that, bro.
0: And so her dad came up to visit. Mm-hmm. Specifically me. And I had to go to work in a clover. I uh, operated a harvester. Mm-hmm. And so I had to leave while the next day I had to go. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he. Uh, I asked him, I said, so can I marry your daughter? He said, no. Mm-hmm. I prayed about it and I fasted about it. I mm-hmm. said to God, I know, I know that this is a woman that you you want me to have. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, how long were y'all dating, courting, whatever, talking? How long was that until you asked her to marry you?
0: It was probably it was a little over a year. Okay. And so, come January first, she had a long chat, she had a long chat with her dad. And so he didn't tell me, but he gave permission because mm-hmm. he thought I was going to stay on the farm all the time and milk yeah. cows and do stuff like that, which yeah. I would have—I wouldn't mind doing that. So
1: he probably thought like this wasn't a—you weren't going to be able to provide for his daughter. He didn't, is he, that, is he, that he, no,
0: he wasn't. He that wasn't his mindset. His okay. mindset was. He didn't, he was from Southern California where he, in the city. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want his daughter raised in a, with that kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so when he found out that I was going to go in the ministry, he changed his mind. he Mm -hmm. told her, he said, yeah, I'll I'll support that. I'll support that one. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh we made plans and I was going to go along the coast and take a drive. And, and I mean, I, my parents would have paid for it. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to this bridal shower, this bridal show. She's probably there, her and her, 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 one of her best friends when it went and they, uh, so they had her drawing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the a, a first place was a, was a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. All expenses paid. Wow. And a bottle of champagne. Oh. Now, did we drink it? No, she poured it out.
1: Come on. It's she, her, It's it's her, what is it called? Bachelor party?
0: No, I never had a
1: bachelor party. Oh, okay.
0: Wow, I'm impressed. But, she... but anyway, she <clears throat> wanted and she said, I know where we're going on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. I said, "What do you mean we know where we're going on our honeymoon?" <laughs> I and my wife, my mom took her, and my mom's all bubbly and she's a, she's having a, a heyday. Yeah, she she she's about ready to explode too. Mm-hmm. I said, "What do you mean you know where we're going on our honeymoon?" I just wanted a free trip to Monterey. Let's go and a hundred twenty-five dollar night go. room. That's a, that's nineteen eighty four. Yeah, and so. I said, You got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. And she said, No, I'm serious. Mm -hmm. And so she showed me. And so we made preparations for our wedding and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so Pastor Hartman married us. Amen. And uh, I still can't forgive my brother Clement, ma'am, and brother Clemenson, we are in a wedding Mm -hmm. to this day. I cannot forget what he told me. What did he tell you? I was wearing a white tux. Mm-hmm. It was a June day in, in in California. It was 100 degrees, 105 degrees outside. Wow. And I was sweating like a pig. Mm-hmm. And he said, Ron... Don't wipe your hands on your pants.
1: (laughs) And and, uh, let me guess. You you wiped your hands on your pants. Oh, yeah. He said, don't
0: do that. (laughs) But let me me back up a little bit further. My wedding day was a day that neither one of us will ever forget. And why is that? I wake up, and we're milking cows. We got to hurry up, right? (laughs) We wake up. We have no power. Mm. We had to call the fire department because we had a fire and almost burned up 50 ton of <laughs> hay that wasn't ours. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> later on we used it, but. And so we got done and we got, we had our wedding, sir. We had our wedding ceremony and we were a few minutes late, but my family's late to everything. Mm hmm. That's why I'm like I am. And so, we leave in a brand new car my parents just bought for me.
1: Mm. And what car was that? That was
0: a 1984 Mercury Marquis station wagon. Boy.
1: Station wagon? Yep.
0: Bruh. All right. And so, we left and we got into an accident. (laughs) This guy guy hit us and... And so we're, I mean, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, we're sitting here ready to go to Bible college, right? And so. I thought y'all were getting married. What do you mean? Bible? This is after. This is after the wedding. This is on our wedding day. What? Yeah, this is on the wedding day. Yeah. I got to get getting into an accident.
1: I don't think God wants Sally to get married. But keep going, keep going. And so. <laughs>
0: My parents say, okay, we can let you use our pickup instead. hmm And that was a 1970, what was it, 76? Please say shit. No. Boy. It was a 76 Ford pickup. hmm And so we, we go ahead and we check into this room, this motel in Chico. hmm Because our flight left the next morning. My brother was going to, we leave our vehicle at his house. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, we 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 went ahead, and in the morning we we got up and we went. I met him, and we we went over to his house and we had breakfast, and and, and him and his wife prepared made us breakfast, mm-hmm. and then they took us to the airport. Mm-hmm. We left a pickup out there at his apartment. Now, this is after the wedding, right? Right, right. This is after the wedding. Okay. And so we get on the plane, right? It's like a 25-passenger race going to San Francisco. hmm We got this gay... We got this queer for a... I mean, you walk like a woman. <laughs> as a steward, I mean, it was... I'll never forget it. And so... We get to Monterey and it, it was it was a hundred degrees, like I said when we left. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know how cold Monterey is. Monterey is on the bay, mm-hmm. and it was like sixty degrees, seventy. So it was like sixty degrees when we got there, and so we I I fly I flagged down a, a taxi right, mm-hmm. and I had this black lady, mm-hmm. and so. BLM. All I had was a $100 <laughs> bill. Mm-hmm. And I think our fare was something like $8 or something like that. Yeah. So I gave her the $100. Dang, let's go. Reparations she's, right there. I asked her, I said, she said, I don't have any change. Mm-hmm. I said, well, keep it. You <laughs> should see. She hey, she, might have a fit. That's called reparations. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, she she had a shouting <laughs> fit, brother. Amen. <laughs> And the room was it was a three room suite. Mhm. It had everything in it, all the latest accommodations. Nice. And, and so later on we caught, after a honeymoon we uh she uh she helped my mom do the housework and stuff like that and She help me up once in a while, mm-hmm. but uh, we got into an accident on our wedding day, like I said, mm-hmm. so we're waiting on our car to get fixed, and we had a friend fix it. It was in his body shop, and uh, so they were waiting on parts, and And so there was a cross on the on this piece here, mm-hmm. on the centerpiece between the doors, and they couldn't get it out. And uh, we sit there and we talked about it, and I told you, I told her, I told her, I said we're gonna, I told her about it, and she said that's God. I said, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. This is God's car. Amen. But anyway, we, uh, so we left in August. My parents said my dog sat out in the road for three months looking, watching for me. hmm Brings tears in my eyes to this day. Because her brother got married the, the day we, on the 18th. Mm-hmm. Or what was it? No, it wasn't the 18th. It was like 16th of August. A few days later, we we got to Oklahoma City. And so we spent the, night, the first night in my hotel room, and so we went and found the church. Mm-hmm. So as I'm walking down the hallway... I mean, a man who says, uh, you can stay spend a night at our house until you guys get a place and we'll get you settled up. Mm-hmm. His name was Chuck Basque. He's been a friend ever since. Chuck and Faye Basque with their three kids. Now, of course, I had more hair then, too. <laughs> and so in the morning, one of the mornings, the girls sit here and say, Brother Ron, can we comb your hair? Can we make your hair up? I'll say, what? <laughs> and so they went ahead and they put put curlers in my hair and did mm. you know, all that kind of stuff but uh oh yeah they'll they'll probably never forget that, yeah, and later on, we went to a place and we furnished our place for like hundred and fifty bucks mm-hmm. went to an auction and uh and so we got a place, and it was right across from the church. Um, Jim and Ruth, Ruth Nimmo were our landlords. Jim Nimmo had a heart as big as he was. He weighed about 450 pounds. Wow. You still see his signs everywhere, and his realtor signs Today, day. He passed away about ten, about seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But Jim Nimmo had a heart that you couldn't... He was talking like... he was, He was the example of what preacher was talking about tonight mm-hmm. every time he'd turn around Jim Nemo he, would, he was a very giving man mm-hmm. Amen. and so he was a successful realtor mm-hmm. and uh, we couldn't pay our rent a lot of months and so he said well, I'll let you guys work for me mm-hmm. and so I'd work, we'd work for our rent. My wife would help her in the house and clean her house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then he have, he, he would have me doing other things. Yeah. Later on, as I started getting jobs, I started working at parties. <clears throat> and then later on, I had a friend named Ken Brooks. He got me on at BFI. what is that? That's garbage. Oh, okay. I now, worked at, I worked at Nice for two and a half years. hmm no,
1: when when were you, you were a fire, firefighter, right? No, I made fire or retardant. You made fire retardant, and when was that?
0: That would just, you now you're getting ahead of the story. Oh, I'm sorry. No. But anyway, in the wintertime, he had a wood business. Mm-hmm. And so after the hard times came, and it moved me to days, and so I, I'd, I'd call him every morning on my day off and ask him if they needed somebody because we needed money. Mm-hmm. And so when winter came, he'd already started a wood business. Mm-hmm. And so he'd wait for me to go go with him to, to to. He he would sometimes load it, or I'd load it, help him load it, or, but uh, we'd go load it and deliver it. And, uh, so after I got laid off, I, I helped him out and I helped another, I helped another guy out too, but, uh, I helped him mow lawns and did all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I got a phone call from pastor Hartman. He said, Ron, I could sure use you. Now I was in the bus ministry all those years. Yeah. And uh, while I was there, I worked on bus ten, which was on the inner city, amen. Downtown, I went by the uh, federal building every 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 Saturday and Sunday. I got blown up, and the thought always gone, went through my head. How many peop- how many of those people did I pass by all the time? How many of those people were were my bus riders mm-hmm. that I picked up every week in my car and took to the bus. We averaged a hundred for several years. We'd drive our station wagon and pick up kids every week. Mm-hmm. And then the time come when Pastor Hardman called and said, Ron, I could sure use you out here. And so we went back and, oh, it was, I had Rachel, we had Rachel and Naomi with us. we they were just, Rachel was like three years old and Naomi was like one. Yeah. And so no he wasn't even one yet. And so we had we drove back to California. We had a flat tire long way on our trailer. We had so I got there and my parents said, Okay. Um, we're gonna eat you know how to do clover, and so my next door, and my dad's next door neighbor, he did. They did clover harvest, mm-hmm. and so he said, "Ron, I'm going to have you drive, have my, run my stationery." Me and my dad ran the stationers for him, and so after that, I worked, worked in the rice, running, and operating a harvester for a guy named Tom Southam. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets done, my dad goes to a fire meeting. My dad was a board of directors for 40 years on our Archways Fire Department. Wow. And so, i have known this gentleman, Doug Chittenden, for about, since I was in the first grade. Mm-hmm. I went to school with his kids. And so, he was sitting there talking. He said, yeah, we, we could use somebody on nights. Mm-hmm. And so he told me he said uh, after you come home he said um I got you a job. I said, "What?" He said, "Yeah, I got you a job working at our feed with Doug." I said, "Okay, we can do that." Now, they they remember who I was from a kid, but I didn't remember. Them. And so those guys were <laughs> that was another group. And those guys were hilarious. Different they would, story. They, oh yeah, different story. They did mm-hmm. things to each other. It was, just, it was, it was totally hilarious. Mm-hmm. All of us knew who each other were. Yeah. One of them, he wasn't. He, he was like I and the same. They did. They did some bad things to him. I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> One night, I'm. I mean, I, I would work in the, this guy had a broke, he had a, his neck fused together because he broke it. Wow. And so all he couldn't do much.
1: hmm
0: And so all he did was run the roller, but they needed somebody to do all the, all the mixing and going up and down. I'd, I'd go up man lift and go pull grain out of the bins and so he wouldn't have to. I'd watch the rollers once in a while. I'd clean grain and. And so, when I worked days doug said you're gonna you're gonna ship and receive grain for me." I said, "Okay, we can do that mm-hmm. and so i had my responsibilities were the same, but they were added on mm-hmm. and so, after I was working there about three months, <laughs> they came to me and they said uh would you go would you be interested in renting our our apartment above the scale house. I said, sure. And we were having problems paying rent, so they took it out of our paycheck. And so one day I'm sitting at work and the boss says, your wife called, you better call her back. And I said, okay. And I was busy doing other things. Mm-hmm. So about a half hour later, she calls again. So Doug tells me, "Ron, you need to call your you need to call your wife." I was, I said, "Okay, I can." And so I call her, and he says, "Rachel, Rachel just broke her Rachel just broke her arm." And that's your daughter, right? Yeah, that's my daughter. And so I took her to, I told told him what was going on. He said, well, you better get out of here. I said, but my car's broke down. He said, well, you can take my pickup. Mm -hmm. So I went to the hospital and got her in and got her taken care of. And so she uh, got her cast and stuff like that. And her arm still bothers somewhat today. But, uh, later on I got laid off and, and they told me I had a, they called me in the office and said, you oh, you don't have a job here anymore because it was, was kind of tight. Mm-hmm. And so at that time I had a few other issues. I had health issues. I got taken care of and stuff like that. By that time we'd moved into some apartments and now some of them were some of the people were character i had a seven day Adventist. she didn't go to a hospital or anything she died in her in her home i had a sheriff living there um in fact that was his sister mm. but uh so i got along good with the sheriff's department and so later on we had a family move in and she had six kids she had five kids Big old heavyset gal. And so we had a mutual commu- communication when they got too loud, I'd take a broom and hit the, the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then she would she would just she would stomp back and hit a broom. <laughs> 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 and she got she understood. Yeah. But I mean after that we got along good. Mm-hmm. And I got along good with all my neighbors. Yeah. But uh Later on, we started in 1998. We started building a house. Mm-hmm. We mo- eventually moved into it. And so, later on, I or in 1994, I put put my application at Firetrol, or it was actually Chemonics. And so, I got a job at Comonics making fire retardant. I was also delivering the San Francisco Chronicle at the same time and he told me I couldn't do it. And that's the newspaper, right? Yeah, it was a newspaper. Okay. I had a recycling business along with it. Mm. He told me I couldn't, I couldn't deliver the paper. And so I, I delivered it. He said, because well, we got a lot of overtime in this place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I started working on our anniversary. In 2004, we'd been married 20 years. My 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. By the way, I took her out. I don't remember where I took her. Mm. But, uh... Anyway... I like that job. It was a good job. I I operated a loader and a forklift. And... A lot of hours overtime. Mm -hmm. And so after he'd seen that I was not falling asleep on the job, he didn't have a problem with it. He'd sit down and read the newspaper while mm-hmm. on his break, and I'd sit there and say, you hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Terry Brinson, you're a hypocrite. You tell me I can't read, I can't deliver the paper, but here you are reading it. hmm And so, about that time, pastor that we had started a jail ministry and so for some reason he couldn't do it and he told me he said he told me he said ron um he said brother ron i need you to go into the jail with me i want you to take i'm not going to be able to make it this week Mm -hmm. i need somebody to take my place and I did that for eight years every Sunday except for the days that I had to work overtime. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many, I've seen an average of two people a week get saved. I do believe there were people's hearts changed because of it. One time they would, they said to me, they said, Brother Ron, these are the guys that were always, always, there was a, Guys, always going back and forth to prison, mm-hmm. and so one of them said, "You know, you know why we come all the time, Brother?" Ron? I said, "No, why?" These other preachers, that I, the, you, you ask them questions and they don't even answer you. Um, they don't tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. We we appreciate you because you tell it like it is, and 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 we admire a man that. that it preaches like you do straight to the point, yeah, straight to the point i mean um now i've got I've got several of them who are on facebook mm-hmm. but uh and so oh yeah, I led several of them to christ um, um later on. And my Sundays were real hard. I'd do a paper route and go to church and then preach in Sunday school and mm-hmm. church, junior church. And then I'd grab a little bite eat and go off to jail and preach and go back to, they'd pick me up and I'd go to church. Mm-hmm. I got out at six o'clock. Went to church and then, uh, like I said, I did that for eight years. And then later on, our path through several different pastors, we had one who did some things, and so my wife contacted Samantha Graves, which is him and Brother Clemenson's adopted daughter, mm-hmm. and so rest is history. I'm here. Amen. I've been here for 18 years.
1: Wow. Okay, so let's transition to now. Then, Um, tell me, what do you if you don't have to get too deep into it, but what do you do now? Um, Your family? Are you still with your wife? And just the present time, basically.
0: I've been married 38 years. I work at Pennington. Naomi got me at Naomi. which is the other daughter? At, yeah, it's my it's my job that I'm at presently at now. Mm-hmm. Um, she was working there for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and what do you do there?
0: I do a lot of different things. I just don't do. I uh, I mainly run a co- operate a compactor. I take all their trash in our building and mm-hmm. put it in a compactor. Okay. All the and it goes to recycling gets put outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I fold bags. I sweep floors. I, I help them find bags that they're looking for. I, mm-hmm. uh, you name it, I do it. I help them dump bags on a line. Like I said, you name it, I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I sweep out buildings if they need it done. Mm-hmm. Um, I do whatever. But, uh, I still have a desire to, to be in the ministry. Amen. Um. After they closed Agape, my wife was already going to faith, and so I went ahead and joined her one morning. They mm-hmm. told me they weren't going to have services anymore. And I've been going to faith ever since.
1: hmm But, uh um from all the times that i've known you i mean to me i and i'm sure a lot of people you know they joke about it but i i think it's still true that you know that you are a hard worker and working hard is an important thing to you but what drives you the most to become a hard worker to be
0: a hard worker what drives me most I was instilled as a as a teenager, mm-hmm. to work hard, like I said, I was raised on a farm, mm-hmm. and my parents instilled on me in a in a work ethic that if I want to get somewhere in life. I had to work for it. Mm-hmm. Everything's not handed down to you. Yeah. Um, I'm not afraid of getting a second job if I have to. Mm-hmm. And I realize that that's going to make company I work for mad. That's going to make Pennington upset. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to do that.
1: And why would that make them upset? Because they need you so much? or?
0: Well, they already know I have a work ethic that they would hate to lose me, mm-hmm. and when I turned sixty-two, they asked me if I was going to retire. Mm-hmm. I had them worried. <laughs> I had, I had, I had people asking me if I. I had my two supervisors where they asked me if I was going to retire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of them's a couple of years, a couple of months older than I am, uh-huh. and the other one, she's about six years older than I am. And They both asked me, "Are you going to retire?" Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, lady who did my the hiring she asked me the same thing and she said good i'm glad you're not gonna not gonna quit
1: i mean are you sure they weren't asking if you're gonna retire so they can get you out of there no no (laughs) no they want me they want me
0: there because they know that i do the job and i do it good that's awesome for 62 that's awesome I mean, at 62, let's see you run and operate a compactor. My I bad. I, I mean... You've like, probably never done that. I've, I don't even know how to spell that.
1: I don't even know what that is. I'm joking that I don't know how to spell it.
0: But, um... A compactor, you take all the... um. See, when I worked at BFI, I also operated a compactor when mm-hmm. I did the salt, too. Mm-hmm. Ammonia sulfate. But, uh... And so I do that for 8 hours 8 hours and what else ever is need to be done. Mhm. But uh I had them worried about me because they thought I was going to quit.
1: Yeah. They got a good one, huh? But
0: yeah. But earlier I had surgery done on my nose and I told her I said, now listen. I don't know what this job is going to do for my nose or I don't know. I don't know anything about that." Mhm. And once in a while it turns purple, but I still work.
1: Yeah. Dedication right there.
0: Oh, yeah, it turns purple right here. Mm-hmm.
1: And what is that, from smelling
0: all the... No, 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 no. That's from the operation. Okay. I had cancer removed out of my nose, and and so I still haven't regained all my my strength that I had before the, I had the operation. Mm-hmm. But uh, I enjoy what I do. Um, I work with good people. Mm -hmm. I realize that God will take care of us. Amen. And when I preached in the county jail, the day's going to come, I already know, they're going to be looking for me. The FBI, or who? well, the government, because oh, yeah. of they know that I'll take a stand. Mm-hmm. Amen. And these 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 guys that close the school down—they don't realize that. But I'm going to accuse them. Mm-hmm. And so when they when they start accus when they start doing all the stuff they're doing, I'm going to name them one by one. <laughs> Different things that people that they've told me mm-hmm.
1: now, uh, your job here at Pennington, I know you've used that as a way to minister to people. Oh, yeah, um, can you tell me about that?
0: Oh, yeah, we've had several people that I've talked to that, um. One of them had some problems. I told him, I, I, I tell the people all, I tell them all the time, I say, if you guys need some help, don't ever be afraid of asking. Because mm-hmm. I'll help you through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had one guy, he got fired, he, they, he, uh he had some issues. And I told him, I said, I can help you get over this. I've helped hundreds of people doing, getting over the issues that you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent I've done this all my almost all my since I was 21 years old mm-hmm. and so he didn't want to listen so now him and his wife are they're expecting a baby mm-hmm. I really feel for that for the, for the, both of them Yeah. but I believe the Lord wants us to make an impact in people's lives. Amen. Just not witness to them. I don't believe in lifestyle evangelism. I mm-hmm. believe your, your your testimony and then you and, and your witness will yeah. change their lives. You can they'll come to you and they'll ask you what the problem is.
1: Yeah, like it says in the Bible,
0: faith without works is dead. Now, to back some other things up, when I lived in the apartments, some Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses would come knocking on my door all the time. hmm And I knew enough Bible to, to sit there. you can You can kind of say that. <laughs> they, would, they would kind of blackball my door. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, 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 when I was going to Bible college, I had a black woman knock on my door, Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. And I was late for English class that morning. I hate to say it. <laughs> and I looked at the time, and I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I'm late. Yeah. I had, like, ten minutes to get to class, and so I <laughs> had to cut it real short. This is during the summer. And so I uh, I asked her some questions, and she was a black lady, and her daughter was with her. hmm I asked her, I said, so you're one of 144,000, right? And I took my Bible, and I I started going down the, the qualifications of the 144,000. Mm-hmm. For some reason, every time, she said no. <laughs> <laughs> and so the last question I asked her, I made her infuriated. Mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, so this is your daughter, right? Mm-hmm. She said, Yeah. I asked her, I said, so you gave birth to her, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I asked her, I said, so when are you getting a sex change? Because it says you must be a male and you have to be a virgin. Mm. For some reason, she walked away and didn't say a word to me.
1: <laughs> I love seeing apologetics 101 right here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I like that. I like the stand you take. Okay, so let's go to... The future, what do you, what do you see? I don't know, how long do you want to live to probably till 100 years old? What do you, if you could live to 100 years
0: old, what do you see in the future? I don't think this world's going to be here. Yeah. I think we've got a short time. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel sorry for my grandchildren. Yeah. My children, not as much because they know better. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a few of them who are going to wake up and say, Dad was right. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad were right. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad raised us, and they raised us the best they could. And I'm dumb because I didn't listen to them. Mm-hmm. I got one and I woke up and she started to listen to us and she said, Dad, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me think. When I used to work at Fire Troll, my oldest daughter, Rachel, came to me one day after I got off work and did my recycling and I'd get home real late and... Get home by midnight, go to bed for a couple of hours, and get up and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. One day when it started slowing down, and she said, Daddy, I missed you. I haven't seen you all week. Mm-hmm. It's a hard one to swallow. Yeah. When you haven't seen your kids in a week. and I had a testimony with my people that I recycled for too. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you one thing, if I had to do it all over again, if I had to do it all over again, I would try a little bit harder to be a better witness. Mm-hmm. It's one place I think I'm a, I I failed the Lord. Yeah. Because when I stand before him someday, the question isn't going to be what I've done with my money. The question is going to be what have I done with my talents. Mm -hmm. What have I done with my gifts and talents that he's given me? And I believe when I stand before him someday, when we all stand before Christ one day, we're all going to be ashamed. Yeah, definitely. That day's coming. Yeah. Sooner than we want to believe it.
1: Yeah. I mean, but the good part about that is that you 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 notice that now that, you know, you could have been a better witness. You can apply that to your life now. Oh, yeah. And... Be a way better witness than you thought you were, back then.
0: Oh yeah, now back then I used to be a real witness. I mm-hmm. mean, I would, um, like I said, I won several people a week to Christ. Yeah. Um. Pastor Grandy heard about me when I was in in still living in California. Mm-hmm. He knew who I was. When he came here. He told me, he said, I heard a lot of things about you, mm-hmm. but I've never seen you. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people hear about somebody. I'll give you an example. Brother Vineyard preached Rachel's graduation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: First time I'd seen him was in 2004. 2004 or 2005, 16 years after I'd I'd left Windsor Hills, me and my wife had left Windsor Hills, he'd come to preach Rachel's graduation. Mm -hmm. Rachel graduated in 2005. And he still remembered who
1: I was. Wow. That's an impact you left on him, I'm sure.
0: I leave an impact wherever I go, brother. Amen. Okay. I'm I'm that kind of person. Mm
1: -hmm. You are, and I I agree with that. So, okay. In closing, um, I want to give me one advice on... um, Give me one advice on being a hard worker... If somebody, you know, young or even my age, they struggle with not working hard, they're lazy, they're, um, they just don't want to work, I mean, what, what would that advice be?
0: Some need a swift kick and some just need to be shown how to do it. Mm-hmm. Others? Um... It's like a lot of your coworkers. They look at you and I, and they see, they see us for for what we are. Mm-hmm. My supervisors know that I'm a hard worker. Amen. Good. But they know that I have medical issues, and mm-hmm. they all know they they know that everybody in my building knows I have issues that, that are. My supervisors all know that I have medical issues. Mm -hmm. But you got to be an example that works in order order to to teach somebody how to work, you have to be a hard worker. Yeah. Um, Amen. I like
1: that. That's good advice.
0: You have to be able to teach them problem with this generation is we don't have men that have taught them how to do things Mm -hmm. or they've neglected their responsibilities Mm -hmm. and so when they neglect the responsibility of raising their children and teaching them and that's the father's responsibility Mm -hmm. that's the husband's responsibility Yeah. And if he doesn't do that, how are they going to learn? Our public schools have indoctrinated so many of our children to being lazy mm-hmm. and they play with their phones rather than playing with and going out and working yeah they know how to they know how to play video games, but you get them a give them a pick or a shovel or an axe and they don't know how to, <laughs> they don't know. They wouldn't know the first thing about using it. Yeah, they but they would know how to use it on
1: Minecraft, you know.
0: Oh yeah, they they'd play Minecraft. They'd, they would sit there and play video games all day long. Yeah, but you can't <laughs> use it, and they don't want to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sad, sad, sad times we're living in. Um, okay,
0: it's like I, on my. Uh, I've got a. I've got several different employment agencies that contact me every mm-hmm. day about jobs. Yeah, I get. 25 different companies telling me, or different employment agencies. I started out with one when I worked in the dorm because I seen mm. what was going on.
1: Yeah, you're hot on the market, brother.
0: And I get all kinds of them telling me I'm a wanted man. They already know who I am.
1: Yeah. Most interesting man right here. Okay, my last question or statement or you know to you would be, Alright, question. Um, so give me one I don't you probably have a million, but uh give me uh your top three advice for for marriage. Um you know, you said you've been married for thirty eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Almost so, thirty nine. Almost thirty nine. How did you do? First of all,
0: One of the reasons why we have, I believe, the dilemma we have with our marriages is because men and women have never come to the conclusion of what those wedding vows mean to Mm. to them. Mm. They don't understand... I take this woman to be my lawfully wedded wife to have and to hold. Mm. They don't take their vows. They don't take the honor that's in that vow. Mm-hmm. They don't take the "till death do you part." Mm-hmm. My parents, my parents were married sixty years before wow. before my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. My aunt and uncle have been married since 1952, mm-hmm. and they're still. Now their health isn't all what it should be. Well, we'll see what you do at 98 years old, <laughs> and we'll see what you do in your in your. She, I think she's 94. Mm-hmm. We'll see what you do when you get their age. Yeah. She's got dementia. And he's his mind's as sharp as a tack, but his body's falling apart. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll be sitting on a, a rocking chair, twenty-four to seven, drinking peach tea. But number one, but is I mean, to if, understand if, the ma- the marriage vows, is right? Is you you got to
0: understand you. You got to understand what they mean. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand what trust is. Yeah, um, they don't trust each other. They mm-hmm. don't. Um, they don't sit down and talk like they should. Mm, communication, right? There's a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they've got the world's philosophy that when you look at a woman. She's going to be the same, she's going to be the same, and her body's not going to change. yeah, her body's going to change no okay. cub they're they're going to change mm-hmm. and we've got this idea that life is useful
1: mm-hmm.
0: growing old is impossible yeah you when you're when you're young, you think you'll never make it to. I remember the book 1984 by George Orwell. Orwell, good guy. I said, you know what, 1984 is a joke. It'll never get here. hmm I thought it was a joke when they were talking about, about year 2000. hmm Now it's 2023.
1: Yeah, life travels so fast when you're not paying attention, for sure.
0: And I'm sure that a lot of my classmates would feel the same way. Mm-hmm and i graduated from high school 43 years ago. Mhm. Wow.
1: Top 1%, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Bottom
0: one.
1: Um one thing i w- I want to know is that uh uh you you said um you know god told you or you said i want to marry this woman or you said that like, i want you to marry this woman and you thought that um what 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 gave you that thought I guess Uh, how are you so positive how are you so sure how are you so you know full of courage that you know this woman is gonna be who you marry and I mean y'all have been married for 38 years so that's tremendous was it an epiphany was it like no, You're reading...
0: It was a still small voice told me, mm. he said, this is going to be your wife. Yeah. My aunt and uncles and my parents, before they all passed away, mm-hmm. were married for over 240 years.
1: Combined, right?
0: Combined. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, me and my two brothers have been married for over um we've been married for over for almost hundred and ten years combined. Mm-hmm. My sister got a divorce my brother got a divorce of two he was married for a couple of years and she mm-hmm. didn't want to do, do with him but um he remarried me and my brother are on our first wives hmm good he's That's been married a year longer than I have mm mm-hmm. It takes finding somebody who you can sit down and talk to for just for, and you've got to be on the same page. You've got to have, um, you've got to have the same um, belief system in God. Um, You've got to have. And God takes the weaknesses that man and woman has and he, and he combines them together and makes one. Amen. I think what we're missing in America is we need a revival. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We need a revival, not only in our churches, but in our families. hmm There's too many things that People make excuses about why they, why they leave their spouse. Yeah. They really don't understand what marriage is about. Mm-hmm. Marriage is about love and honor. And cherishing each other mm-hmm. through the good times and through the bad times. Definitely. I can say this. When there's always been. One of us. Who's gone through a time. We've always been there for each other.
1: Amen. That's a good lesson. Always be there for each other during the
0: hard times. And whether they're good times. Whether they're hard times or easy Mm -hmm. times. We're always there for each other. Yeah. And I think. That's a problem. A lot of people don't sit down and talk and, and, and work their problems out. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes the kids got problems and we take care of our kids and they take care of us in situations. But when, one thing we can do It's kind of like I told a couple men once. I told them, I said, you know, we got to stick together. hmm Because the day is coming when when we're going to find out who our real friends are. We're going to find out who our real, the, the half-heartedness of friendship is. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out who those people are. Yeah. We're going to find out who the wheat is and who the tares are. Yeah. Um, I can say this. No man having put his hand to the flower and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. There's too many of us who look back. Mm-hmm. I've always said this about mistakes that I've made and, and I've been reprimanded for them. I've always said never again. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem I think this generation has is they don't mean it. Mm-hmm. They don't mean never again. Mm-hmm. They keep on making the same stupid mistakes. They keep on doing the same thing. hmm And then they wonder why their lives are messed up. Mm -hmm.
1: That is true. All right. So to conclude this whole conversation, because I know you got a wife you need to get to and some grandchildren you need to get to. I don't want to take up all your time. But uh, to end it all, um, just give me one one advice that you were given, maybe even just a compilation of all your experiences in life. Um, Just give me one sentence. Um, an advice that you would want somebody to hear?
0: Trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct right thy paths. Amen. That's... We need to we need to learn to trust in God more than anybody else because man will fail you. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you for listening to life cycle podcast. If you'd like to reach out to me, my email is L I F E period C I C L E one at gmail.com. And, My Instagram is T-I-M-A-S underscore A-R-Y-A. Thank you for listening again. Please like, share, subscribe, and rate it five stars, please. Thank you so much.